Welcome to the Tech Ranch. Now, here is your host, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Hello. One of the things that you're tasked to do is move some of the snow around here because we've got a tower out back <laughs> well, no, and, no, and we've got a transmitter here. site. But, but, but you That's, have to move snow quite often to do your work, to do your I, job. I, I have in the past moved okay. snow, yes. So, so uh, have you ever wondered how they measure snow? I think you just take a yardstick, go out in the yard, and measure That's the, the unscientific measure the way. snow, right? Well, it depends it's, if the wind's blowing, I just kind of there's look, a drift. I look at how much is built up on my truck hood. Well, yeah, that's kind of the easy way yeah. I do it, too. Which, I, I look at my patio. Do you? Yeah. Your, what's your grill or your table? Or? Yeah, a little of all of it, I guess. And, and if there's if there's stuff that's stacking up, I know I got a little bit. The I grill's think. a good indicator. The grill's yeah. a good yeah. indicator. Yeah. Unless it's on. Yeah, that's slightly less accurate at that point. It's not point. as accurate that way. No, if it's if a big grilling, puddle on yeah. the ground. Then. If you were grilling, not accurate at all. So no. it's interesting. I was just uh, digging up this information. So, of course, there's a difference between snowfall and snow depth. Right. So a lot of people don't realize this, but snow is compressible. So if you have two 10.5-inch snowfalls, it may only accumulate to 17 inches. Well, and you see that because they run uh, on the weather. They right. run the snow depths. Uh, right. And, you know, typically, you know, good snow depth in Bismarck, uh, on, on average, because they average it out, uh, is 8 to 12 inches, because that's good for the spring. Well, we've got way more snow yeah. than that, but that's the actual snow cover. Right. So I think this is where it really gets difficult, too, because I'm thinking to myself, like right now, what do what have we had this year? 75 inches? Uh, last I saw, we were on number nine. We were in the number nine position of all-time snowfalls over okay. winter. Oh, for the entire winter? Yeah. I think we're going to get close to cracking the top five. Well, you know, with just, today just and tomorrow and Thursday, every day yeah. there's an inch or two or three or four snow well, in the and, forecast. And so. now they're talking, depending on where it tracks, the Colorado low for yes. Friday into yes. the weekend. I mean, uh, this, is, this is crazy. But You know what it reminds me of? What? So I was in Grand Forks in 97. Yes. Except but, every weekend we had a blizzard in and, 97. And, and actually here, it was like every day we were pushing like one or two inches of snow. That's why we broke a record here. Yeah. It wasn't like it was, we had some big storms, but it was like every day. There See, was I don't snow mind, every day. I don't mind big snowfalls because it gives me an excuse to fire up the snowblower right. and go out and actually right. move snow. Where the one or two inches yeah. is do you annoying. It? Do you, yeah, do you it's annoying. It? Yeah. And then you got a yeah. shovel because yeah, that's really annoying. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, that's where the Yarbo would come in. That's handy. true. Yes. That's true. The Yarbo. Soon to be, if we have anything to say about it, our show sponsor yes. for the new tech or ranch that's coming out. Oh, I had a hard time saying that. The new tech ranch yeah, is coming out at the end of this don't month. Don't stumble over that. I'm not going to. It's going to get me a Yarbo. You know, you know why that is? Because I'm like, we're on talk of the town. We're moving to the tech ranch, which, yeah. Randy, are you excited about this? I am. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Brand new, brand new tech ranch coming out at the end of this Fantastic. month. Fantastic. Actually, it's the first of first April. Of, yeah. Yeah. So that's Saturday, three hours. Not show. an April Fool's. Not, it's be a three hour show. But anyway, getting back to the snowfall. Okay. So, so when you have 50 inches on the ground and you get another 10 or 12 or whatever we got over the weekend. I mean, how do you know, because it's compressing, because there's more weight of snow coming on this other snow that's already sitting there. So how do you know we got 10 or 10, 12 inches of snow? I mean, do they clear off an area 
And then they have that clear all the time, so when the next snowfall comes, they can measure that? I would think, but then you have to factor in drifting, because the snow drift is much deeper. Right, and if you clear off an area that's just basically a hole, it's just going to drift in and fill it all up anyway. Because I have to clear off an area in my yard so my dogs have a place to go out and go to the bathrooms. So blow that out. I don't, they they still don't really have a great scientific way to measure snow. You know, I bet there's a tech gadget that could help. There probably is, and we should probably invent this. But since 1890, the <laughs> U.S. National Yeah, right. We got a few other things that we need. We to need something first. to reduce the nuisance factor of the snow. He's though. working no, on I, that. I, no, no, he's it's, working on I'm that. I'm actually legitimate. There's, Are you really? Yes, I There's am. There's a mock-up in the works. No way. Yeah. Unfortunately, wow. we could have really used what I'm working on yeah, right now. You're a little late here, Marlo. Come well, on. who who would have thought that this dream that I have of this snow removal machine that I'm creating would have been so perfect for this year? But you know, oh, it takes time to build. We could things. have baited, beta tested that thing all 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 winter. All, it's, all it's got, it's yeah, got yeah. to melt and remove at the same time it to does. get the underlying yeah. ice. Uh, well, you just. So I won't give everything away, but you store the water until you can get it to a place that you can dump it out. So it's the like Zamboni is basically yeah, what basically. Yeah. Yeah. Basically <laughs> yeah. right. No, I'm serious though. That's not, not named Yarbo. It, it's it's not always the snow, it's the underlying ice. That's correct. Yeah. That's so you, the real problem. So you, you 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 tank it and then you drop it into uh you know, a vent someplace. So <laughs> anyway, that's the way that, to go. You, you you can't let me give away all my secrets. I'm sorry. But nobody knows how I'm heating this. We thing. should have That's collaborated on this device. This, this is well, we still can. We if still you want can. to. Yeah, you should I'm, talk about. I'm this. working on the marketing side of this. It's like snow. I've developed a new heating yeah. source. That's what. That's what fires this thing. It's not nuclear, by the way. <laughs> you knew what I was going to say, didn't you? This is a way to get rid it's of the a, waste. It's a, it's a tiny reactor. <laughs> we're just we're just using the waste plutonium. No big deal. Yeah, you can get that on eBay. Yeah, eight bucks. Look at the rod I got. Melted by Marlo's love. <laughs> Marlo's love. <laughs> Speaking of tanking, this segment's gone tanking. In a... <laughs> it's Tuesday, it's, folks. It's, it's Squirrel Day. It is bad enough that we have two people with ADHD. We got Randy, 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 Randy in here. Worse. Um, I am the All worst. Right. Yeah. Oh, since 1890, the U.S. Weather Service has relied on a network of volunteer observers. So there are 8,700 people across the country with the, yardsticks. With yardsticks. And they go what did I and say? measure. You were right on. You That's were right, right. on. Well, and, and the, the, if you listen to the weather every now and then, they'll go over National Weather Service when we have them on with, when there's weather. Like, hey, send in your snow right, reports. Right. That's, that's as scientific yeah. as the groundhog. Th- yes. That is true. Yeah. That is true. So they have to do this on a daily basis, though. So they have to do it at about the same time every day. And that's how they're able to keep track of what the actual snow depth is. And if there's been any new snow on top of that. Mm-hmm. So that's how it works. Now, how do they factor in the compression? And Well, I suppose that every day when drifting. we don't have snow, I, I, they must take an average. That's you, the only you have to run out before it compresses. <laughs> right. That's right. the thing. Every day that we don't have snow. And then there's, this sun, winter? Then there's really? sunshine and all the other stuff that make all that happen. So. Anyway, I'm just I thought I, I thought it was interesting to talk about that we really don't have anything more scientific than a yardstick yet. Just saying, Randy. There you go. Yeah, I'm a big so, fan yeah. of the KISS principle, though. Keep it simple. Keep stupid. it simple. Yeah. 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 Yardstick works. I think so, too. I mean, I don't know how Why else reinvent you would really, the wheel. How else would you do it? I mean, it's close enough. You don't need it to the centimeter. 
millimeter. They, they have these other things that they have that they work with these, and, and they do have these areas that they actually clear, like we were just talking about for actual snow depth uh, or snowfall recording. But I I think the same thing is like we were just talking about is true. I mean, if you dig a hole out of what, how do you find a clear area that's big enough that's not going to drift in right now? Yeah, it would be impossible here. Yeah, I mean, if there's wind, all bets are off, really. I mean, I have to snow blow, blow, whatever. I have to remove snow. (laughs) Obviously, it's Tuesday. (laughs) Like, every morning right now in front of my garage door because it blows in every day. Every day, there's another bank right there. You know, there's some science behind that. And that would be? Which direction to face your garage doors when you build a home. Yes. I never thought about this. But I've I've been in this home for, you know, 20 years now. And you want, do you want your windows automatically defrosted when the sun comes up in the morning or good question yeah. southern facing so, is yeah. it southern facing well, but, you would want? well yeah. southeast because you want the sun coming up in the east there so, you go. so you don't have to go auto start your car and defrost your windows and then you back into the driveway look at you and, yeah. that sounds like a dream i figured all this out do you, do you do you like the sun beating down on your deck in the evenings no. for the sunset okay then you want your deck facing east and i have to admit that yeah that that was one thing i did not think about when when we have the house that we have now Drives me crazy that it can be 80 degrees outside, but 125 on my deck. Yep. In the evening. good suntan. Oh, my goodness. You, you can fix that. <laughs> and my dermatologist <laughs> confirmed that last week, too, that I obviously get a lot of good suntans. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We wanted to get back into uh, CES. Uh, talk yeah. a little bit about CES. Cause, uh, well, you... I've been dropping all of yes. our interviews the last couple of weeks now on the techranch.com. Right. So if people want to go see these interviews. So. There's a couple of really interesting ones, and and I really, you know, the thing I love about technology more than anything else is how it assists people, and like the story with uh, we had about your mother, about my mom, yeah, right, right, great, and, great story, and I look for those type of things. I mean, it changes humanity as we know it, but but it usually starts in a place where. You know, like you have somebody who's bound to a wheelchair, and then you add a motor to it, right? I mean, that just gives them more mobility. I just saw over the weekend, uh, it it was a a mobility, it was a story about mobility with uh, somebody, I forget what she had. Uh, She was a high school athlete and then wound up getting uh, some disease, and to save her life, they had to amputate her arms and legs. And mobility device, so the ability to take that, vehicle off-road into because it's a tracked wheelchair um to take that they had to go through some legislation in the state that she was from but it was a fascinating story though just on the equipment that was there to be able to facilitate her to enjoy the outdoors you know it's just it it's just it levels the playing field is yeah what it does. that's i mean everybody can you know you can even talk about how people who i'm thinking how i could take that pheasant hunting but that, that know, was me yeah yeah but anyway there's a there's a a, a robot a robot a, a robot, robot. <laughs> by the way i robot was on this weekend again really yeah apparently they're playing the crap out of it interesting yeah i am not familiar with this really the will smith movie I robot. Yeah, that's so what, when that's you say I robot, not the vacuum cleaner. That's what I was thinking. No, like, not the vacuum cleaner. I'm thinking like I robot's like an old. Ba- it's an old yeah. story. Yeah, it's like yeah. 15, old, 20 years. It's old yeah. science yeah. fiction. Well, it, yeah. but it's AI. And, well, and that's what's yeah. interesting about it because they 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 abide by those three rules. Um, There's rules. Know. Yeah, there are. Mm-hmm. No, not there Tuesday. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> We're still not done talking about snow. I see. So anyway, uh, the robot. Not the iRobot, not the the iRobot, yeah, but I can see the iRobot comparison. Um, This companion, so it looks like a, it's like a cart, 
right? Yeah. I mean, something that you'd see that people would wheel around. Like a little cleaning cart. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. Yep. But it's a robot. It's called the Labrador. And this person invented this because you can put like a meal. Does it retrieve? It does retrieve. Okay. Hence the name. So, but you can put a meal on here and say, take it to room 432 and it would just take it to in a hospital room or whatever. Uh, just take that over to it. So it's nothing fancy to look at. So I know it was a golden retriever, but is it like Alex from Stroh's? I don't open know. The fridge and bring you a beer. It, but it can. Okay. Yes. Yes. They have those things in restaurants. They do. And they're becoming more and more popular all the time. Yeah. So have you seen one in a restaurant already? I've, I've seen on YouTube, <laughs> okay. which is my window on the world. I've seen, I've actually seen somebody in a restaurant where the waiter was a robot. Yeah. It gives and, an entirely new meaning to a la carte. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Because your a la carte is in fact. Everything's a la carte. carte. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. But this thing is pretty, pretty cool. You can see that there's a tablet mounted to it. So, you know, you, you talk about the KISS method again. This is a very KISS type of robot right here. Very functional. Uh, you can KISS, talk. K-I-S-S, yes. KISS, which yes. is next door, which. Yes. Did I say KISSed? No, it, I'm just okay. saying. Thank well, you. I smelled cow this morning. Oh, <laughs> that's a good sign of spring, right? Yeah, spring. Unfortunately, it's yeah. snowing outside. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think that's pretty cool, and you can check these out, uh, Labrador. They're relatively inexpensive for what you get for this. Now, I don't know what that means. It's probably five or $10,000, but for a robot that can do this type of work. But if you're putting it into a restaurant, oh, my goodness. and, you know, you take a look at some place that has workforce issues. Right. Um, and now the ability to, hey, you know, you're Sue Waiter, or, yeah. you know, go and... Drink or, order, or, or even I you mean, touch I, the tablet for what your food order yeah, is, or or somebody that needs to clear off the table. Somebody can still clear off the table and put it in the tub, but no, the tub goes back to the kitchen yeah. by itself, right? So that person can go and do well, something it, else. It's, it's it's about increasing efficiency, right? It's exactly right. And you, and you don't have to tip those. As yeah, I, I was going to ask. You, That's true yeah. as well. Yes, don't tip it over. They still expect eighteen percent, though. <laughs> I'm I'm sure when you go check out that the twenty five percent. You know, I don't know about you guys. I have to tell you, I. And I tip well. I do, I've too. I've always tipped very, very yep. well. I've been on that side, so I, I always tip yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It, it I, got ridiculous with COVID for some reason. It hasn't come back. I don't I, know why. I'm, I'm really, really tired of, like, when you go to, like, a buffet or whatever, and there's the 25% tip thing on Not the thing. Buffet. Mm-hmm. What Why Why do you expect? I'll leave a couple bucks on the table but at a see, buffet. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. You, you leave for whoever or, busts the table. Or or to bring me drinks or whatever, right? Yeah. But it's the buffet. It's, you go it's almost money. being like it's expected now. Yeah, and, I don't, and I don't know. I might be getting a little political here. I don't know if it's because they have to, these these businesses have to figure out a way to pay their employees more because of inflation or what's going on here, but it just seems like it's expected. Well, they don't everywhere. pay them out of the tip jar. Well, who's making the money out of the tips then? Hopefully, the server. Okay, that depends. Or well, but so I worked in the bar side of things for a long time too. Yeah. It, it, you and servers will tip out the bartenders. But have you been to and a the bar backs and have you seen this at a convenience store? Tipping at a convenience yes. store? Yes, see it everywhere. Everywhere. For my gas station hot yes. dog? That's good. Hell no! <laughs> or, or, or the Diet Coke you just picked up. And you, no! And, and you go to pay, and there'll be a dollar, two dollar, or three dollar suggested tip. Okay, so I was at WDA basketball this past weekend at the event center. Five dollars for a Coke product. Right. They want a tip for that now, too? I'm sure. You can buy a six pack for that. 
I understand. I'm just saying. I'm or just, or a non-non... I don't alcoholic know. Alcoholic beverage for... I understand. I mean, I, I would be all for how do you pay your person more. I just don't understand why it's it's the tipping scenario yeah, that wait, just seems to be going well, everywhere. For me, it comes back to customer service. If I get... It's like places that'll put the gratuity in there, and I hate that because you can have a good server or you can have a crappy server. Right. Somebody is in a bad mood that day, understandable, just do your job, whatever. But I'm not going to tip you for being in a bad mood. I The person that gets that 25% tip or sometimes 30 depending on, it's because you get exceptional service. And, tell you what, and a server is an extension of the ambiance of going out. It's like my wife goes, well, let's go out to dinner. And then she's like, well, why don't you order a salad? Because I don't go out to eat to eat a salad. I can make that at home. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm right. going to have food. I'm yep. going to have a good meal yep. in a good atmosphere yep. at a good restaurant with good service, and I'm going to enjoy that. So do you think that, and I know we're running way over here now, but uh, give you give everybody something to think about. Do you think it's because of technology, the ease of adding that $1, 2 or $3 thing in a convenience store? That that now technology is allowing this tipping to go. Well, I always tip on service. If you know, I'll give ten percent minimum, which well, actually it's more than that now. But uh, I would give ten percent minimum, and then what your performance is increases what I tip. If if you're there, service boom. The one thing that I cannot stand, it, it, and this will this will kill any tip anybody was ever going to get. Uh, if I'm ready to go, because my time's valuable, and you sit there and wait for the check. Oh yeah, I hate I that. Too. Hate yeah. That that is the one thing that so technology has helped with that though too. I mean, a lot of these places now have you pay at the table. I was yeah. gonna, I was going to say that. Yeah, and I really like that. A I lot. do too, actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. they'll bring the check if you want, but they'll have the little kiosk right there. You yeah, can you just hit the. Pr- yeah. How often do the printers not work though? That's that, the, yeah. I have it sent yeah. to my email. Yeah, yeah. it's even better than carrying around a printout. Yeah. So technology is helping in these scenarios, but but this, you know, I I just you go to the convenience store and I'm picking on Randy now a little bit here, right? And the thing pops up a dollar, two dollar, three dollar, you know, and and I don't know if you know the psychology behind this, but because they do that, what do you think most people tap on? Dollar almost ninety percent will tap tip. on the for a tip. Yes, if you get a dollar, two dollar, or three dollar choice, what do you what does everybody tap on? Dollar? No, nope. I tip. I cancel. Nope. I don't tip at three dollars. Two dollars. Two dollars. Oh, really? Yeah, right. I was close. Goes, I was all the yeah. way around it. Are they? But are, are, I had like, three options, and that <laughs> was not wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. Are they shamed into it? I, do you think? I wonder about that, and mm-hmm. I I fall into this too. I mean, and and I'll, sometimes I'll hit the cancel button, but if I'm greeted with a smile and they're very pleasant to talk to, and maybe they're a little helpful, I'll I guess sometimes I push the tip button. I I don't know. I feel like I am getting shamed now. I'm well, thinking about well, it. Th- there's that, and you also do you want to donate to this, and do you want to donate to that? You know, seeing that, do you want to of donate course. to yeah, St. Jude's the grocery or, stores all the yeah, time. That's another thing. You know, the the other you wanna, one you want to donate your change to St. Jude's yeah. or whatever, yeah, or yeah. McDonald's, yeah, Ronald McDonald House. I feel yeah. bad if I say no. What, but Especially okay, when people around you. So that's going into the other side of this oh. too. So I, so where that started, and it didn't matter what it was. It was like, here, hand an iPad, and somebody, you know, you check out or whatever. Right. It uh, you could be at a craft show, right. and buy something. And there's a, it. It was the iPad. Yes, the iPad had or whatever that pay through the iPad. Right. 
like square or whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Yep. That had the option yes. in it. And then you're, the one thing that always went through my head was like, but if I push no tip, they're going to see that and think I'm a jerk. Yeah, so you're getting shamed into it. You're getting shamed you into are, it. You're, you know, you're, if somebody's you're, really giving good service, they've worked hard. Yeah. You know, as you said, it's part of the experience in a restaurant. I mean, the good, good, good or bad service can make or break the whole experience for you. Um, well, there's what, another side of that but, in, the, in but, the restaurant industry. But if I though. just bought a Coke at a convenience store and I'm checking out, I'm not going to tip. In that case, a couple pennies. No, no. You're already paying an inflated price for the Coke, right? Most likely. Yeah. No, no offense to anybody, but it's different. Server in a restaurant, they're actually, I, I, I they're actually leave, doing a lot more. Yeah, right. Yeah. But and, and, and there's another side of the restaurant thing I'll bring up in a second. But there's yeah. always, you know, I, if, if there's a couple extra pennies or whatever or a nickel, and I'll leave that in that little jar. Oh, I, I do that. Too. I've done so that till, too, but I don't yeah. consider that a tip. Take a penny, borrow a penny. Right. Yeah. You know, right. I'll do that. That's right. more like I'm pay not it forward. A tip. Right. You know, but the thing with the food industry though is, remember the movie Waiting. You and your movie. Well, yeah. No, never saw <laughs> never that saw really? the movie. No, you, really? No. no. Never screw with the person who's handling your food. Oh, well, that's, yeah. Well, that, yeah. that, that brings, that brings up that. a whole other subject. <laughs> whole other thing. Yeah. That's Make sure thing. you take care of them well. Yeah. Because next time you go back to that restaurant, well, that didn't tip. Yeah. I'm like, huh. Yeah. yeah. And they remember you, They too. do, don't, too. Don't, don't, don't send anything back to the kitchen no. is my rule. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Pretty much right. Nope. Oh yeah, it's it's rare, but it's okay that I ordered it well done. I'll I'll eat this because <laughs> you don't want to send it back. No, right? you never send food yeah. back. That's bad. Yeah, bad bad bad, bad, bad idea. Yeah, get it a go box, take it home, finish cooking it if that's what you want to do. But I will say that you know, getting back to the technology side of this, I oh, think, that's where we were. <laughs> well, this is about technology today, right? And the tipping thing, I I think because when these people who are programming these things in, you know, I don't pick on Square, so Square will try to get you to do this because square it's now a bigger transaction right and they make they get a, a little bit yeah. more so mm-hmm. if they yeah. can get 10 percent of their people to give you a two dollar tip you know you have 200 customers a day coming through a convenience store i'm just making up numbers here but that's 400 dollars more that they get to charge yeah. their 2.75 percent on so they're making more money so they're they're making this easy for the stores to include the tipping feature and it's not because they they feel like the customer or that the uh, person is given better. Yeah, the upsell they're just, is They're just making more money on it themselves. That's what it boils down to. So when you tip, I, I have to ask each one of you. So when you tip, because my wife and I have this argument all the time, she'll put a flat number on it. And it, so if we're out to dinner and the bill comes to $36.27, I'll round up to the 37 and than what I'm tipping. So I always give the change and that tipping. So, right. so my final bill is a round number. Right. It, she doesn't do that. So she'll, she'll just go up as 36, 10 bucks, 27, yep. and then she'll just add $10 yep. on it or whatever it yep. is. And it, which is way over 10%, but uh, she'll just add $10 on it. And then, so it's the, I'm like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the ADD in me, but I got a round, I got to have an even number. It's got to come to yep. $50 or no, I just add a few bucks on Okay. Yeah, that's I'm all. Just, so I, put a flat, I put a flat number on it. That's I do it. too. Yeah, I have because then you have to do the math. If if you're going to round up, then yeah, you, you have to do yeah. the math. And sometimes and they like, have the number like twenty two percent right yeah. there is eight dollars and seventy three cents. Yeah, but that's never the same as that. me. So I have a full right. regular number because right. for me, keeping my financials, it's, it's easier for me to 
oh, hey, it was $40 or $50 or whatever it was instead of, and 12 cents. I actually, because I have, you know, because of technology now, the roundup that goes, I have a system called uh, Acorns. Are you familiar with Acorns? I've heard of it, yeah. So Acorns is an app on your phone. Where you can save. And you can save with this, and it takes the money that, you know, like, so if the bill was, $4.32. $4.32. It'll take the difference from 4.32 to $5 and put that in your savings account. Right. It's it's a digital change jar. Basically what it is, right? Cuz my wife and I had a change jar. She's like, "You don't put anything in it." I don't you, I don't use cash. You will be stunned. I'll show you at the break here how much money I have saved because of that. Really? Just rounding up your change. Stunning. See, I used to do that back before Stunning. the credit card yes. in my And I used Del- to have just Delta Sky Miles. Things of change everywhere. Yeah. Right? yeah. And it's like, "Hey, we're going on a vacation. Go Cash in the change jar. Yep. I had seven hundred and some odd dollars at yeah. one time. It yeah. Like, it's stunning how but much. Then I'd always throw see. a few bills in too as so, if I So I was told that if you tip cash, the server gets it. Yes. If you don't, everybody gets it. It depends on what the restaurant is. Yeah. So I always leave cash. Yeah. Because I want my server yeah. to get the benefit of this tip. See, and I use cards mostly, so I don't, but my wife likes paying with cash so i'll so, pay the bill yeah with with uh credit card yeah but i tip will leave cash. i will tip in cash for that yeah. reason well and, and you don't know the restaurant or the bar or the, True. and i don't know if anybody's really, get, really getting this you know i don't know if, if they're getting the tip if well, i leave it on the card i don't know if they're getting it some That's places true. some places co-mingle if I, tips. if I hand it to the server you know, for a fact, that different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is, is the bus person getting that cash though? Because I always make sure I hand right that cash to my server exactly. with my bill if it's credit card, or, or my wife will pick up yep. the the tip side of it. But I always make sure they get it because you don't know if the bus person mm-hmm. is going right. to put it in. Yeah, that, that's but, what I do too. But a lot of places you walk into, you don't know. It's like if they commingle tips or if they don't. So, so welcome to. Tip and advice from three old guys. So uh, devices and prosthetics is where we were supposed to be yes, going with this. Yes. Because you had an opportunity to to see a really cool $6 million man stuff. Yeah. Like feel things and nerves that work yep. and in a prosthetic. And, oh, by the way, uh, it slices, dices, and, and juliennes as well. Uh, pretty amazing stuff. Because you were holding stuff. a board, and yep. they sliced right through the board. Yeah. Just whack, done. Well, here's the picture right here. Yeah. So I pulled this from the video, and you can just see at that exact moment that he, For those of you at home, if you pull up the Tech Ranch. Yeah, if you go to the Tech Ranch. You can see the video. It's pretty look, cool. Uh, revolutionizing uh, prosthetics, how psionics advanced technology is changing lives, right? So... This arm, so this gentleman, his name is Patrick, lost his arm right below his elbow. And so this prosthetic is attached to his arm. And this is like, like you said, $6 million man type of stuff. So as a demonstration, I'm on the Tech Ranch stage at CES and I'm holding this board. And like I was telling Randy in the break here, I was more concerned about. Were you standing in a puddle? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I would be close, close. <laughs> You're brave, and I'm holding this board, and all I can think about is if he's off by like an inch or two, my finger is going to be yeah, but part of this thing, you know. So, does but he the just prosthetic takes... know whether or not it would be an off an inch or no? Not? I don't. I mean, or is that up to him? That's up to him because okay. what's interesting is that this is attached to his nerves, and he's thinking. So you know, and and there's another. If you watch the video, you know what he was thinking. 
Don't that take Marvel's yeah, fingers yeah, off. That's probably what he was thinking, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a very interesting experience. And you know, he talks. You know, it's very emotional when you when you visit with this guy because he's able to feel his daughter's hand yeah. as she's grabbing this mm. prosthetic. That seems incredible to me. And and um, the doctor who's developing this stuff, he's a very young, dynamic doctor. And by the way, if you want to invest in this, he company, had all his fingers right now, like the old shop teacher that yes, came up with. This. Yes, he does. Yeah. Tips of a couple fingers weren't missing. Uh, they they are actually uh, crowdfunding right now. Really? Yeah. So, and I just I looked yesterday a uh, million dollars, and they're like seventy thousand short well, after you, just a couple days. You and I so. were talking about this uh, before, and you know I referenced the six million dollar man, and yep. just to a certain point, and, and technology either a gets cheaper or b gets more expensive, right? Um, as it develops, Gen- generally and, and cheaper or better. This, well, because getting better usually costs more money. Yes. So it, it, it's not like a TV. Um, this, you were telling me the prices on this. It's, it's like, wow. Yeah. It, it, an affordable option yes, for somebody is. that, cause you think of somebody who's got a prosthetic where it's either a fake hand or it might be a pincher or, you know, where they're working off the muscles and, and the nerves or a hook or things like that for somebody that loses an arm. This is a fully functioning. It uh, is. We're, we're talking Luke Skywalker after he lost his hand to the lightsaber kind only, of stuff. The only thing that's really missing is Movie having weapons. like the skin graph over the yeah. top of it. And and quite frankly, that's not far away. I don't think that's our, that is that far away. And because they're printing skin with 3D printers right. right now. Well, and I was just reading an article I told you about uh, earlier this morning uh, about some of the healing properties of building um, the protein base so that you can heal things from the inside out. Right. Well, when you start looking at, okay, how do you manufacture and layer on skin, which is your largest organ, then we're close. We're really close. Yeah. So this is really, really interesting where this is all going, but it's, it's exciting uh, this same gentleman I was talking to figures that paralysis, especially by injury, will probably not exist in five or ten years. Mm, spinal cord injuries. Yes. And, wow. and that's what we think yep. about. People get spinal cord yep. injuries, whether it's in athletics or an accident of yep. some sort or and what uh, this, slip what this and fall is, is, on the ice because your thing didn't suck up the ice for Randy. Right. Yeah. So between, you know, when, when you have a, a spinal cord injury, generally it's a communication issue. Right. You know, you broke, so you severed the right, link that communicates with the rest correct. of the body. So now what they have done is it's almost like a Bluetooth device where they put it on both sides of the vertebrae and where the brake is at will, co- mm. will communicate to the other side of the brake. Wow. Wireless. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. That's and this unreal. is being done now. Yeah. So when this, when this becomes widespread, I mean, people, and I don't know what this is going to cost. But it's, it's, it's again, life changing for people, you know, and the families around these people, you know, so, um, it's incredible what's going on right now in the med. I mean, I'm just looking at, you know, our good friend Dave Blair had, had, uh, um, emergency surgery to get his gallbladder out. Long story how he ends up in Fargo with this thing, but he was showing me yesterday, you know, what used to be a slice across the stomach is now like five little, he's got five yeah, little. Yeah, robotic surgery. Yeah, he's got five little yeah. spots, five little band-aids on his stomach. That's it's all, it. It's all arthroscopic now. Yeah, and they, It's unbelievable yeah. And in a few on. years, they'll just put in this protein that's going to fix his gallbladder. Right. bladder. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. Crazy what's going on.
unbelievable stuff out there. Randy, Randy, are you staying with us? Or? No, I'm going to move on. You're, you're, okay. Nice talk about this guy. He's had enough with tips for the day. Oh, my goodness. Which brings us up to an interesting conversation yeah. because we were going to talk about 3D printing yes. and, and the robotics evolved with 3D printing. And um, it's pretty fascinating avenues you can go down because there's really no limitations. I'm printing birdhouses right now. Are you? Yeah, I am. Are they rent houses or are they full... Sparrow, Robin. So I have Martin. One, uh, Martins. So there's. I've only. How done big's the hole, Marlo? Barn swallow on one right. and chickadee <laughs> on the other. But oh. but there are in in the designs that I have, there are up to six. Really, I always considered you so, a nuthatch guy. I seen a robin the other day. Did you? I about fell over when I seen this robin. I'm like, I think your GPS is wrong. Just saying. Or at least the internal clock, the, the calendar is a little messed up. Well, they're probably, I was really surprised to see it. I don't know why a robin was a little early. bouncing around, but yeah. All right. You know, it's funny though, when, when they do come up early and you got all the snow on the ground, it's kind of funny because their biggest food source is berries from last year, yes. which tend to be a little fermented, yes. which tend to have a little bit of an alcohol content in them. I've seen drunk robins yes. trying to fly around. It's hilarious. <laughs> And they usually get more than one. After one or two of them, they, they like communicate. Hey, it's good over here. It's over here. <laughs> <laughs> and you see all these robins start congregating in that yard. You know, that yard. Yes, that uh, yard. Yeah. So 3D funny. printing. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> at this visual now in my head, I'm not going to get rid of, am I? Nope. Um, so 3D printing, and you and I were talking about the different uses for 3D printing, and, and there's some pretty fascinating improvements that are moving forward on workable 3D printers. Right. Besides, besides making your birdhouses. birdhouses, yeah. But I think that even even the birdhouse thing. I mean, people think that you just make these cute little widgets and tchotchkes out of them, right? Oh, that's that's such a cute little Yoda or or whatever. I mean, that's what this is what you usually see. You don't see the practical side of 3D printing a lot of times, and and now I think we're really starting to see more and more and more well, practical uses. Well, they use uses. 3D printing robotics for some construction material stuff, so they'll make bricks and they'll make different concrete blocks yep. and different things like that. And I, I was talking to a friend of mine about the opportunity. It's like, oh, uh, we got a lot of snow this year, and there could be some flooding opportunities how long would it take to set it up on a levee and build a, a dike? You know, it, it, or you mentioned sandbagging. Yeah. You, you could do three <laughs> robots printing robot sandbaggers. Tao, we ought to just record the breaks too. We uh, should, people should just listen. They should just yeah. come in here. If you're thinking about it, uh, if you're an entrepreneur looking for a new idea, you should just sit in here sometime because we bounce about a hundred ideas every Tuesday here. I'm just telling you, it's crazy, crazy stuff. Folks. It is. Um, so anyway, going back to the, the, the 3d printing stuff, they've made some pretty fascinating improvements, but you know, the practical side of things that people don't think about too, is they're 3d printing medical devices, 3d printing, uh, heart valves. There's a whole bunch of different things that they're experimenting with printing that work. Well, and, and what's interesting about that uh, when you get in the medical space is that, like, if you have a, a hip replacement, right, there's, like, I don't know how many sizes they make, but let's just say there's three. Right. Okay, maybe there's five or six or ten. I don't know the answer to that, but there's a, a finite number, right, that mm -hmm. they make, right? And they take the one that's just closest to you, and they make it fit. Right. Right. 
Now imagine a little chiseling here, that's, and a little yeah. dremeling there. That's exactly that's what goes what on. Do. It really is true. That's right. exactly what goes on. Imagine if you could just be scanned one day, and then the next day your hip is ready to go to the exact me- measurements of what you are. Yeah, minus the bone spurs and the arthritis right. and the uh, right. other stuff. But that- this is what we're talking about here: is that ability. Uh, with 3D printers to create these things you know, well, medically. And, and for a lot of people with hip issues, you know, there might be a, a problem with the alignment of the socket or something like that, right. that that caused that. They can correct that, too. So they can take that identical hip and then recreate it and then fix that alignment yes. issue in the yep. process, too. So, and like you said, get rid of the arthritis yeah. or whatever else is well, going Well, so then on you start there, talking so. about, okay, like for a hip, for example, um, you... You only have a, a certain lifespan with that. Now, at least with hips, they can reline them, so it's not like they have to replace the whole thing. Um, they can just put a new liner in and, and works again great. Not like shoulders or uh, shoulders don't work like that. Right. Trust me, I know. Yes. Um, but if you have the ability to 3D print something like that, so it is an identical match, it's going to wear better. It's going to last longer. I think I think the advances in this space is, is amazing. Uh, and the other thing is housing. This is where I think it really gets interesting is, is not, not that medical isn't interesting enough because that 3D is, print houses. Yeah. Well, that was some of the construction stuff that I was talking yeah, about. Yeah. I mean, too, but, you know. but there, there's actual 3D printers with a cement mixture, uh, that are actually printing full houses. And this has been going on for a couple of years already. And now it's getting, starting to get approved in certain states. Uh, like Florida, for example, has just approved the, not just tiny houses, not just tiny houses anymore. And and you're going to start seeing hurricane-proof. Well, they are hurricane-proof. They're cement. So the big bad wolf can huff and puff, and it's and not going anywhere. No. And and uh, what's amazing about these things too is that they actually uh, print your plumbing. They print your electrical. All this stuff happens at the same time. See, that's the crazy stuff for me. It's like because you go and you get the plumbing, the electrical, everything that goes into the different aspects of building a home, and it goes in phases. Yep. And to do it all at once? Yeah. I mean, so be, logistically trying to figure out how to get crews in to do that without people stepping over each other. Nope, just have that machine do it. So basically what happens at the end of this is you just have people who will come in and finish your house. You know, any any cabinets and all that other stuff that have to be done. But generally speaking, houses are printed in a week. Whoa. So that's not terrible. I mean, you, you can show up one day and start, and a week later, you're working on the finishing of your house. You know, I, I don't know how long it takes to cure. I mean, I suppose different cements take right. different it times to cure or what whatever. Product is. Uh, and they're beautiful. And the thing is, is now you're not just, if you can design it on a computer, you know, if you have an idea, if you want, if you want a, a house that's shaped like half a moon because you, or, or a full moon or, or a star or, your, the logo of your business. I mean, you could do these you things. You could live in that. You, and you could live in that, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who would, who would want the logo of my business. The, the problem is the resale value later on. Well, right? yeah, yeah, you might you run know? into an issue right, there, but if right. it didn't cost you as much, because that's the other part it comes into that's, cost. That's is, the other thing is that they're know, half the price. Materials and labor. Okay. You just got rid of the part of the labor part of that. A 3D printed house right now is running about 50% of a stick built house. Really? So, so this is, and this and is that the would thing. Be a concrete yeah, house. This is a concrete house. This is the thing that I think people like 
of yours and my age right now are going to be faced with in probably five or ten years is are the values of our homes going to depreciate a little bit because the interest in just building new homes, because, you know, a home that costs $400,000 can now be built for $200,000, right? So obviously there'll be land costs and everything else, so maybe it equalizes out, I don't know, but what will happen, it also in my depends opinion, on what type of home you want as well. Do you want a 3D printed home or do you want a, a regular home? Because but, uh, what, what I'm thinking of, if you have, and I'm just, I'm picking on me personally, I'm going to guess that my house is probably worth $400,000. I don't know. I mean, I've never had it. I've lived in it for 20 years. It's gone up some value and some of the houses around me have sold for that, right? So if, if I was coming into the market and I liked like the size of our house and that type of thing, uh, and I could get it printed for $200,000, would I do that? Well, think about it this way, too. So say you have to move, and you have to move to a different city, but you really, really liked your house. Replicate it. That's true. You could do that, right? I love that. Or, or how many people get into a house or, or build a house, and you don't know what you don't know until after you're living in the house, and go, oh, I love this house. It just, I wish we had an extra bathroom. Or yep. there was one other thing that little different yep. that, that you would do different if you were to build again and y- you have that opportunity you do have that opportunity i, I love that house except for yeah and then fix that yes uh but I, what i think it really gets interesting for like you and i uh moving forward because this is going to become reality it already is reality in some parts of the country it's going to become reality here as well um so you have to be thinking about you know like your like your retirement i mean is is part of your retirement built into your house a lot of people is we right. talk about that every thursday with joe Sheehan so, from benchmark mortgage so if that's the case and all of a sudden you know if you can build a 3d printed house for half the price of what your house is valued at right now does that mean that the value of your house is going to start to depreciate because the people who are coming into the housing market are now able to buy houses for less money than they can buy your house for so if this is going to happen in five or ten years, and do do you think about starting to sell your house now and doing something different? This is, and I don't mean to get into the financial side of things, but I think it's something to think about. But the point is, this is where technology changes the landscape. It changes the landscape so a lot. Else. So you know, but it it could go the other way too because you might have people who couldn't normally afford to get into houses. That now, because they're renting or whatever, but because they're half the price of what they used to be, or, so that explodes that market. Right, or then, like in the Bismarck Mandan area, there's just, we can't build houses fast enough. Right. There's not enough inventory, so you right. take a look at a, a growing population like a, in Texas or a Florida or some of these states where there's a lot of migration into that state. And they have serious housing issues. We have housing issues here. We can't build enough houses for the population, which means there's no inventory, which inflates the price. Well, if you have the ability to increase that inventory with different options for different people, then you've just changed that landscape as well. So when you're in an area where housing is at a premium because of shortages and you can make up that shortage so now you can go mass produce neighborhoods or so that change there is a huge paradigm shift coming coming and so so i'm so fascinated with this that i've actually looked into what it would take to bring these to north dakota to start printing houses up here and what would you think it would cost so the, the company i was looking at that i really like uh has three different 3d um 
Printed three, models. Three different sizes of, and each one of them will print up to a certain size of a house. So a six, You're kind of a tiny house guy to me, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. you can just see that by looking at me. That's why they call outside it tiny, to change right? your mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the machine that, that will build a 6,000-square-foot house, what do you think that would cost for 6, the machine? 6,000-square-foot house is a huge house. So it'll do smaller, of course. But you, but but the reason I looked at that is because you know, small offices or, right. or offices or even a small restaurant or something, this would, I guess, 6,000 feet is in a well, small that, restaurant. You, you know, but. think about the other way, too, is, is, you know, from a business perspective for offices or yes. restaurants, because one of the things, like, like a lot of the big chains, they will uh, precast and then manufacture. That's correct. On, they'll just, it's an erector set. Yes. So you take a look at a Costco that came in or a Sam's Club yes. or... Uh, if there was a new McDonald's, they're already built somewhere but imagine else. If they didn't have to, if they didn't have yeah. to build and ship them, if they could just send the plans. Now you're taking the shipping out. Now of it. you take the shipping out of it. You All just, you're doing is shipping raw product. Yeah, you know, send the machine, whatever, raw and, product, yep, and that because, can be sourced locally, yeah. and away you go. Yeah, but, but a lot of that stuff's pre-manufactured yep. now. Yep. Um, so six thousand square foot house, a million dollars. So you're right on the money. Believe it or not. So the machine to build a six million or six thousand square foot house costs a million dollars, and I can do that every week. And I'm thinking the overhead because okay, the machine costs a million dollars, and how many houses can I crank out? So one in, a week in a building in a building season here, which is thirty or thirty five weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can you can crank out thirty thirty five houses with a million dollars and run that with two or three people. And if you were going to put the pieces together, so you could three D print walls. Basements, things like that, yes. and then okay, so that's what you can do during the rest of the season. You can't work outside, so you have the ability to continue to manufacture during the winter months. Yes. Wow! So for a million dollars, because of six thousand square foot houses, pushing a million dollars new construction. Oh, I would have to. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the numbers really. Why do you not out. have that here already? I don't know because I'm busy. You know. Doing, trying to make shows snow and radio go away and, and snow go away yeah. and stuff. Yeah, Yarbo, man, I tell you, Yarbo, I, I agree. We'll, we'll take care Yarbo, of it all. Come on, come on, Yarbo. Yeah, future show sponsor. Uh, I just want to demo. And, and then you know, even even bridges. Have you seen? I'd be the, like the cat video on YouTube. Have you seen these robots making bridges? It. Yeah, actually, I have. This is incredible. I mean, there's one on one on each side, right? And they construct the bridge as it moves along. Mm-hmm. Until they meet in the middle. Well, now think of this from a practical standpoint. Unbelievable. You know, there's, look at the trillions of dollars that are being spent going into infrastructure in this country. And we know most of that's going to get heart in the wind and not come to fruition. But if you can, because bridges are horrible in this country from all reports. So if you've got, a couple robots at a much lower cost building bridges than that are quality. And, yep. Yeah, that's and and get and they get done. They they don't stop working yeah. at two in the morning. They, they just keep done. going. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you lower the cost. I mean, there's just all kinds. There's you know the cost of building bridges is just extravagant, right? right. I mean, you know, I'm there's been talk. Many different times about putting additional bridges across the Missouri River here, for example. Right. Uh, if that could be, if that cost could be lowered, um, you know, if it's low enough well, to build we had a that couple opportunity walking to bridges, north, but and, that kind of yeah. got screwed up. So, but, to, but there's all kinds of places that would love to have a bridge. 
but because of cost, it doesn't happen. So you remember the movie The Bridge on the River Kwai, right? It's been a long time since. I've okay, seen so it, this yeah. last week, I went so military World War Two Japanese building this bridge using yeah. slave labor from prisoners of war, and I was watching a documentary last week on that railroad. And they found the actual bridge on the River Kwai, which there's nothing really left of it anymore. The the one from the movie that they were kind of uh, basing the movie around. But the engineering that went into building that railroad and spanning this ravine and that ravine and then the rivers and because you're in Burma and it's tropical and uh, building for the monsoon seasons, it, it was fascinating absolutely fascinating but you got a couple robots that can do that in a week yep now you you brought up movies i have to talk about this a movie if your movie references are driving me crazy but it's true if it's in a sci-fi movie from 30 years ago guess what we've got it today yeah it's for the most part for the most part um you saw a movie recently I did, and uh, I'm a big fan of Daniel Belinsky and what he's doing here in the. And Denmark I'm a big area. history guy, so yeah. I, this yeah. is fascinating to me. So I was involved. Uh, you need a Dan back on. Oh, I had him on a long time yeah, ago. You I, need to, and yeah, and then we, you should get him back on. At, on now on that the, the movie's out, right? Yeah. Well, it's about ready to yeah. be released, March 24th. End of the rope. Uh, I was able to see this movie. They had a special screening of the movie about a month ago because there's. There's been a little bit of a move on to try to get legislature here in North Dakota to embrace the some, film industry yeah, a little somehow bit with, or with tourism, you know, because a oh, lot of states, a lot of states will have a it's called the it, tax credit, yeah, it's, yeah, but it's part of their tourism department yes. and it's for movie making yeah. so that you can have more movies made here. And I didn't realize how big of an issue this was until now that I'm in this industry a little bit, and uh, I would love nothing more than to film the the upcoming TV show that I have. And then, and then there's a movie that we are working on as well. Look, and, Fargo, when when the movie Fargo, which yeah. a lot of that was filmed up uh, by Grafton, yeah, well, and and, and north uh, west of Grand Forks, right, in, in right. that area there. Ironic. Well, so in the movie, every time you see a long straight road, yes, that with no trees and it's windblown. It, guess what? Not Brainerd, Minnesota. <laughs> that was filmed in North Dakota. The elevator, filmed in North, North Dakota. Dakota. Yeah. Ironically, though, that year we didn't have any snow. Yes, they had. The, they like, had to truck snow down from Canada and for they the were, movie, and they were chasing it north yes. when they were trying because every day it was warming up. And yep. it was, yeah, I remember yeah. the stories of they them chasing it, late it north all the time. Yeah, yeah I had a few yeah. friends that were extras in the movie. And, yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. I think I think we could have a great movie industry or a film industry here if if we could figure out a way to get legislature to to figure out a tax credit scenario. Well, they're looking to spend but, a bunch of money on commerce uh, or through commerce. For tourism, yeah. because they really want to help promote tourism. And I've always looked at tourism as, you know, that's our other leg of the stool here in North Dakota. It's it's agriculture, it's energy. We don't have a whole lot of manufacturing, but now we get the infrastructure for that. And then it's tourism. Right. Tourism's the other piece right. that we have to have in North Dakota to be viable financially. So I think that the movie industry could really make a big impact on that. But we have a long ways to go to make that happen. Daniel Belinsky, for whatever reason. Yeah, why should Montana have a train station and we don't? You know? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And you look what's happened with Yellowstone and 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 the amount of times that they even talk about Well, North you go Dakota. back to Dances of the Wolves. Yes. And, and the impact I, that I, had on South Dakota. I forget the Kevin Costner movie that came out a few years ago, and it was dark, 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 dark. 
Um, and it was about a granddaughter who wound up getting kidnapped back to this weird, there was a North Dakota, pretty solid North Dakota reference in that. And why couldn't you have just filmed that here instead of somewhere else? Right. But the, the challenge is, is that, you know, like Georgia, um, Vancouver, uh, they have these amazing tax credits, so these companies go there, New Mexico, and they film because of those tax credits. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not one who who should say that that government should get involved in industry at any point, but we're at a point now where government is involved in business and industry, Too much, and they're yeah. and they're and and companies are actually choosing to go places because of bids that they get back from cities and states on the, you know, the grant that they can you get for locating there There's whatever. a lot of filming that goes on oh, in yeah. Portland, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, I think that would be great. But for whatever reason, Daniel Belinsky believes in this state and, and continues to make his movies here with no help at all. You know, Josh Dumel could do another Transformers from North Dakota. Yes, he yeah. could. And I shouldn't say that he doesn't get any help. I think he got a little help with this movie, End of the Rope, with some grant from tourism, by right. the way. Yeah, so there, there, was, there was, some, was some help there. Yeah, But is it enough? Now, we're looking at a different situation, too, where we're not talking about a big uh, movie office. that We're talking about a smaller private producer yes. making a movie, yeah. too. There, yeah. There's a difference there as well. There is. These are These are not, you know, big money type of productions, and and the cool thing about shooting in North Dakota is that it's easy to get volunteers to do things for you. And, and, uh, hey, you want to be an extra in my movie? Uh, yeah, 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 sure. Sure, okay. why not? It'd be just cool, right? Let me see. You know? Yeah, I'm free that weekend. <laughs> but that's kind of what happens, yeah. right? So anyway, but this movie I think is fantastic. End of the Rope. You can go to their website right now. I think it's March 24th is the premiere up in Watford City because that's kind of the general area yeah, that takes place. Uh, Schaefer, North Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota's last lynching. Yes, that's what this story is about, and and uh, I, I was watching the audience dynamic probably more than the movie. Well, you're like me though. You're a you're a people watcher. Yeah, and you, I you like seeing what people and crowds do. Well, in in, in this in, instance, I just wanted to see you know our people because it's a longer movie too. I mean, it's is it two hours and forty minutes? I think it's a longer movie, and there was an audible moan from the crowd when he announced that it was like two hours and 40 minutes. Cause these, these, these are legislators that are watching this and I'm sure they were like, I don't have time for this. But, um, as I was watching people and it's a slow burn type of movie and you start to figure things out and, and you know, and, and these crazy things that are going on. See, I um, like movies like I that, do that too. Make me use my brain yeah. that, that are methodical. Yeah. Now, and I could tell about halfway through, most of the audience was sitting on the edge of their seat. They weren't. They weren't leaning back in those nice chairs at the Grand Theater. They were on the edge of their seats. And I'm like, oh, he's got something here. It's really, really fun to watch this movie, and uh, the historical aspect of it too. I think is is amazing. So yeah, so go check this out. End of the rope. Uh, I think it's just endoftherope.com. And you can buy your tickets in advance for the premiere up in Watford City, and then I think now, in April do, here. Did he do the the Sundance or Con or any of the, or some of the other smaller film festivals so around? So this one is going to the Minneapolis Film Festival. Okay. I don't know if that's gone on already, but it it's either now or has just just recently gone on. Uh, and I know it was being sent over there. And he's you know he's the person behind Sanctified as well. Right. Uh, which but I yeah, thought was if you a haven't seen Sanctified, movie. it's a great movie, phenomenal too. movie. Yeah, yeah, 
all done here in North Dakota. Yeah. So great you, storytelling. You know, the other side of that too is you know when you start looking at some of the notoriety because everybody knows Con or, or yep. Sundance. And, I'm going there by the way to Con or Sundance. Con film oh, festival over really? in France. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Not to the film festival. They have a a TV. Are you bring the movie and you could premiere? It? Yeah, I could do that. Good. Yeah. Just See talk how to you're Dan. going over there. Yeah. Talk to Daniel. Like, yeah. Hey, I'll bring it over there for yeah, you. Yeah, no problem. Well, because that's where a lot of films that don't get recognition, and I think we're in a window right now because of you know COVID and how the movie industry's changed. And you take a look at the streaming services and and where things are discovered. And some of these big studios, they're looking at smaller budgets, smaller productions, just to fill up their roster because they're not able to put these big budget projects together which is what's gone on with sanctified by the way right. sanctified is going to be on a streaming service here pretty shortly yeah so i'm maybe i shouldn't have let that out of well the but and and but, we won't say which one yeah. um but from go. a content perspective they're looking at different content or any content you take a look at some of the bigger actors that are have signed on with these streaming services for um a, a run of a series or they're it's almost like a vignette yeah uh the way they're building some of the movies now um uh, what's his name? McLean. Uh, Bruce Willis. Yes. Um, before, so he knew something was going on with his mental status. You know, I was wondering into, about that. Because he cranked he was, out like seven movies. It was going, crazy. Yeah, with I was the, like with the streaming service. Why? Why is he in these movies? Even? They fast track. Oh, yeah. all of that. He yeah. got seven movies in a year done. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. but but he knew that he was not going to be able yeah. to make movies in the future. So did the. And, you know, agents so and everything. Up. So they yeah. cranked out all these movies. They have that ability to do that now, yeah. which didn't exist. I mean, you take a look at an, uh, uh, an actor or an actress that would do one project every couple of years or, you know, the ones that were young and hungry and not getting the big paychecks. Right. Might make two a year in some smaller roles just to, to, for that paycheck. Well, and then he, it's all changed. It's then he, all changed. Then you get into the tech with the likeness of things, and I think that's a great place to stop because oh, yeah. we were going someplace Segway. with all of this. He used to go to every so single movie, and if it was good, I'd see it two or three times. My Saturday mornings was I'd walk uh, down the street to the local theater that was well. I remember when it was a quarter, but then it was a dollar, and it. And second run movies and watch the movie and yeah. boom done yeah and and going to when the when the cineplexes started to open with three and then five and then seven I mean I'm like oh I could go to a movie every night of the week now which a lot of times I did you know I got a friend of mine that uh, will we used to go to movies with him and his significant other and uh, and he would movie geek I mean absolute movie geek to the point where he wouldn't go to a movie at the grand, depending on which theater it was in. Oh, yes. That doesn't have the big screen. Yes. That doesn't have yeah. the comfortable seats. I was that that way doesn't have this. It's like, who knows this stuff? Yeah. yeah, I was that way at one time, too. But but to technology with this now, right, are there movies that would not be the same without a particular character? Absolutely. If, okay. you know, we so were just who, talking during the break. Who would that be for you? So Harrison Ford in Raiders of the Lost okay. Ark. Or, you know, Die Hard with Bruce Willis. Right. Or... Well, okay, so I still have this in my craw about Major League, which I liked Major League, but Major League 2 was horrible because they tried to replace Wesley Snipes. with yes. It's baseball, yeah. so he got traded. Big deal. Bring in a different character. Oh, no, they tried to have... You can't do that without right. Willie Mays Hayes. Right, right. Slapshot. Yes. It's like handsome so, others. Yeah. 
There, there's Even movies that Darth are, Vader. It's the franchise. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. not. You're going to have to have a Hamill to do Skywalker, right? So these characters, like in Star Wars, is a great example of this. So James Earl Jones, who's still alive, by the way, actually penned a deal with Disney, uh, so that he will always be the voice of. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Because with AI, you can That's correct. create so, that voice. So, so he now will always be the voice of Darth Vader. And there's royalties paid to that, of course. just like if of course. you're acting. Or... Yes, yes. But that's the that's the deal, and Harrison Ford could probably do the same thing with the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, um, you know, and I think between about, AI and stock footage, it's easy now. It, well, AI especially. I mean, you know, and, and the ability to make these characters. In fact, uh, Princess Leia in the in the last Star Wars that was a major thing. She had you know Carrie Fisher right, had passed Carrie away. Fisher passed away. They just they just AI would her. Film with her. Yeah, it's just amazing what's what's going on in that. So. What, but what was really interesting is, uh, like with the James Earl Jones scenario, is that James is still alive and penned this deal. Usually no. you have to pass away and then the estate makes some type of deal or whatever. And now all these father. people, now all these people are, are actually penning these deals while they're still around. Uh, and I think that's very, very interesting. What's the likeness of you going to be like? <laughs> just, just think of your ability to have talk of the town on the air in 2084. But my question is, it goes back to that old commercial. Is it live or is it Memorex? Yeah. So as a fan of a franchise, a movie franchise, is there something, and I think this is where they have to be careful on the marketing side of this, is, okay, I enjoy a franchise, and am I okay with it being digitally created and not having that actor that I like in there? Is that okay? Am I okay with that? Because it, there's a little line that, well, but that's not real. Right. Because it's not that actor. Right. You know, it. So I, I was at the. Uh, there's a there, there's a touch point there. So the Whitney Houston. Um, 3D experience. 3D experience, right. Or um, holographic experience, I should say, right. So I went to, I think I talked to you about this a few months ago. Um, if they hadn't, I thought it was really good. I mean, it, it's her as a holograph. Or hologram, or whatever you want to call it, I guess. Holograph? Hologram. Yeah. Hologram. Okay. Um, and, you know, they got, they have live singers with her. They have a live band with her. I mean, everything else is live except for her. If they would have just left her on the stage in between songs, to me, it would have been realistic. But at the end of like a song, she'd, she'd disappear in a sparkle, for example, and then she'd reappear. For the next song in a different outfit or whatever, which is cool. Well, we all know to, that diva artists, it's all about the set change. Yes. But to me, having her stay on stage in between the songs to maybe share a little bit about her life or whatever, and then going to the different thing or different song would have been much more realistic to me. And all of a sudden, she's just off in this wisp of sparkles. And it, it took me out of the moment because now I do realize that she's not there. So it was just this so, abrupt thing, like you're getting into the song. It's about the immersion for you for the experience. It is the immersion for the experience. So, so you're talking about the same thing with, with movies and things. To me, it's the same scenario. So is that a question? My wife, we fight on movies and shows and things like this all you the fight. time. Yeah. I, I'm like, if I'm going to start watching something, I want to finish it. And she's like, oh, pause it there because I'm tired. 
I'm about getting into the experience, sure. the immersion, yep. and no distractions. Yep. I want to watch and focus I just forgot on, my life. Now yep, keep I'm, me here. My phone's nowhere to be yep. seen. It's and, like waking up in the middle of a great dream, yeah. right? Yes. And I'm like, okay, I can't start and stop and start and stop and start and stop like that because you're missing something. And she can. And that's where we get into a little, uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, we don't agree. We agree to disagree on that. You were going somewhere before I really interrupted yeah. you there, and now uh, you so, forgot. So the immersion. Yes. Is it about... So the two questions I've got is, okay, we established that it's about the immersion to the experience, and, and that's where I'm at. And is it a question of the technology is just newer, and they haven't figured out how to fully utilize it? Or so is be- it a question that... They just haven't figured out the nuances of the experience for the audience with it. What, where, where's the lag? So I would say that you have these people who are audio and video engineers that have created Whitney, right? But they're not people people. They're geeks. They're not people. They're geeks. Yeah, they're geeks. They're geeks. They don't understand the experience. They look at this and they go, oh, my goodness. You know, what you need is somebody who understands. So there's know, somebody the playing with the technology because the technology for them is the yeah. experience and it's cool that she disappears in this wisp of sparkles right this, this this is they're looking at this this is created not by somebody who would actually go to a whitney houston concert they're creating it because they think it's cool it's cool okay. and it is cool right but they're not understanding that there is an audience that that longs to have to disappear within her yeah. for i want to get a lost while, in the so. moment exactly I mean, for me going to a movie and going to the theater or even watching something at home it's about just checking out yep. and being completely immersed and getting lost in the experience. It's not starting and stopping yep, on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Sorry. I'm getting a little. Wow. Well, sorry. I drives me nuts. All right. Well, tell you what, I, I'm proud of you, Marlo. <laughs> You, you got my in, movie talk for you, you got two into segments. The, yes, two wow. segments. You got in the uh, but end of the rope. Uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it yet, well, you haven't seen it yet. I've seen some pieces. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Go, I, go watch the trailer. Yeah. Get your tickets. They're on sale now. So you yeah. get to the premieres in these different towns. Minot, Bismarck. I think in April. Watford City it premieres March 24th, I think it is. Yeah. End of the rope, so uh, the last one. I think you and I are going to be taking a road trip to Watford. I'm if in. If you're okay with that. I'm in. I Let's think go. we should go to that. All yeah. right. Thank you for listening to The Tech Ranch with the Guru of Geek, Marlo Anderson. This has been a Q1 Network production. 